Welcome to your typical Shona protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kels. And this week we're taking a palate cleanser from the spookiest, grossest month we've done really so far ever. And we're gonna take a look at the Megalo Box of Magical Girls, Vivid Strike. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing okay. I feel like like this is very much needed in the in the wake of Urahadashi, Ura or I already <laughs> forgot how to pronounce it, and I don't really uh, remember. Uruskadoji? Uruskadoji, yes. Uruskadoji. Thanks, Cam. Happy Sugar Life, and yeah, eh, we needed this. Yeah. So we're we're pivoting. We're pivoting to something fun, and and we're taking a look at some magical girl stuff. And uh, Vivid Strike is just that. Of course, airing, uh, I think, in 2016. This is actually, like, the fourth or fifth installment or spinoff of a random Magical Girl franchise, the Magical Girl Lyrical Nanoha, which I've never heard of, but in the wake of uh, light novels and uh, uh, games, we have this op uh, crop up in 2004. Yes, I have also never heard of this. It's very new to me. So I'm like, okay, I guess we are out here. How did you find Vivid Strike? Um, I saw a clip online of like <laughs> most uh, savage uh, moments in anime. And the it, clip. And it was the scene of our girl Rene just demolishing the three students whose names I do not even know or even know if they were said. But yeah, um, and I was like, yeah, I got to watch the rest of this to see if it's as hype, which not as hype as that scene, but there is some good fight choreography, surprisingly, in this. Yes, I, I have to say, you know, when we get later on, I think this is the greatest showing of a certain trope I have ever seen. And the show is pretty OK. So, pretty okay. you know, you yeah. get your highs, you get your lows, you, you get your mess. But uh, we'll we'll get to it. So the basic premise of Vivid Strike is it's Magical Girls Martial Art League. We have Japanese martial arts kind of hierarchy and training that are just magical schoolgirls, and it's a whole deal, right? Certain age groups age up to where they're eighteen because of course we have to do that. Because fan service, I guess. But there's not a lot of fan service. Thank thank God. It's pretty straightforward in its presentation of the action and the plot. It's just, hey, here, here's a story. Go go experience it. No, I feel that. Uh, it's very much so, like, a lot of things to keep you kind of interested. But more so, kind of just has that, like, mech energy vibe of just, like, just look at our mechs, but with, like, their fighting armor, which name I forget. Yeah, it definitely does have uh, some kind of name that I should definitely respect and remember. All I know is they hit that um, setup, and then they do their Magical Girl transformation, which, in the grand scheme of Magical Girl transformations, it's pretty hype. There's a lot of variety. There's a lot of kind of distinctness from one power up to another it's not like it's the same power up music for every single one and we waste time um 
it's it's very unique and relevant to each person's personality, which I thought was really uh, well done. I agree. I agree. Um, and it's as it goes on, it makes like a lot of sense how it's like acquired. I like how it's kind of. I like the whole idea of like the fighting styles and armors and like how there's like a whole school. Like there's not like a secret society like fighting aliens or something. It's just these people are just brawling. Yeah. I also love how they don't explain the magic. They're just like, <laughs> there's fucking magic, man. You just have fighting abilities and magic. That's all you do is you train both of those, which is interesting. Now, we use this premise to get the plot of Vivid Strike, which is primarily about two orphans finding their way into martial arts after two distinctly different roads. So we've got our two main characters. We've got uh, Fuka with the brown hair and the tough one when they're kids. And we have Rene, the sad crybaby who's very kind. And by the time they reunite, their personalities have altered from their experiences. How did you feel about that idea? I liked it. I really did because it's kind of like almost they don't recognize each other because of how much their personalities have altered. Like we see that Rene in particular has become a lot more cold and distant, but we know why that is because we've seen what she has gone through for that to like kind of transpire, like with the bullying and the loss of her grandfather and just like... Like these girls didn't just like bully her. It's like, I it's like a it's like a felony. Like there has to be a harsher word for like bullying than what they did to like Rene. And the fact that they were like Rene, we're gonna stop bullying you, and then they just went harder, which was super messed up. And then she gets victimized for like retaliating. But that's always how it goes. You know, they always see the one who throws the second punch. Sadly, um. But it made her, like, really cold and, like, also really insecure because she's, like, if I'm the strongest, no one will bully me. So I really liked that with her. And I felt like Fuka didn't really change too much because she's always been strong. Like, but her realizing that she wasn't the strongest and that she could still get stronger kind of humbled her a little bit. So, yeah, that was really nice as well. I enjoyed saying like that. So overall, I think like character progression was like low key the strongest thing in this like show. Definitely, definitely. And you know, uh, we have some other shows we can relate this to with the kind of uh, the the shonen trope of uh, of two best friends go tragically awry. You know, the one that comes immediately to mind for me is Sa- uh, Naruto and Sasuke. Like, imagine if Rene, I don't know decided to become a terrorist yeah that that'd do it that definitely do but it. uh but thank god we don't have 500 episodes of of this show to get to where they're friends again it's only at least 12 no thank goodness and i feel like there's more after this because of where it leaves off but like i think there is let me let me peruse the wiki and this time it's okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, yeah, there's gotta be, I, I, I feel like there's one more season, but there's gotta be something because they're setting up for the finals, yeah. but I don't know. 
Nanaho Vivid. Now is the time to look this up, but we'll get to it later. Yeah, because um, I think this is like the end because there is a like OVA, but I think it's just episode 13 and then some of the 0.5 episodes. And it might show them a little older. I don't know. Or continue the fight. I don't know. Um, Because we did get left in a very Megalobox like way <laughs> of it just kind of ending. So... In yeah. the fight. Like we we open, you know, we we end episode 13 with the final fight for the championship. Like the walkout and then like end the end series. So I definitely want more. I want to know the conclusion, but with that being where it sits, I'm like we couldn't have more than an OVA. Like that we don't have enough story left in the current like arc to have 12 more episodes. No, I but I right. don't know. Um, I do think I, I that what we did get was good. Um, so let's talk a little bit uh, about those characters. Let's get into Rene's tragic backstory. So uh, when we open the show, we open with the fact that uh, Rene and Fuka are orphans together. They're same age, same grade, and they're kind of lumped together. And they wind up, you know, they're being seen as best friends. Rene gets adopted after some old dude walks through the park. Rene's like, uh, go on, don't slip. And he's like, I'm going to come back and adopt you. And it turns out that he's the, the, the like patriarch of some like famous, uh, fashion brand. And his, uh, his son and daughter-in-law adopt Rene and take her from Rags to riches, but not in a real, like, uh, disrespectful way. Like, they are they are being positive parents in their richness and providing for Rene. Except for the fact that this goes terribly wrong once she gets to public school. Mm-hmm. Always will do it. Or isn't it private school? Private school. Yeah, we're going to go with that. <laughs> private school. Is they, I mean, I guess it's Japan, so they all got uniforms. I don't know. But yeah, no, I feel that. So, yes, once she's no longer an orphan and is around other students who don't know her background, they just know she's an orphan, and they know that now she's in a rich family, they begin to bully her. Yes, because... Why? Because these kids belong to the streets. That's the only real reason. Um, and, yeah, I I wholeheartedly hate this. But... um. Yeah, so they just bully her because she's adopted, which that logic is still so foreign to me. Bullying is just foreign to me in general. But they do things like they rip up her shoes. Like, the things they were doing, I'm like, how do you have the time to do this? Like, bro, they ripped up her shoes. So it was just the sole of her shoes left. Like, who does that? And, well, <laughs> they ripped up her, her school slippers, so she had to wear the green loners. And it's like... How disrespectful. Yes. And that's not the worst thing they did. Oh, no. They, like, um, uh, ran her head into a toilet, flushed her brooch down the toilet. Um, well, they, no, they didn't flush the brooch, but they did something worse. So they they took her brooch from her, like, at the very beginning. They took her brooch, and that was the last straw for her. She she finally decided, I'm not going to be a wimp, and I'm going to grab this this bully's arm. And I'm going to show my strength because that's the big thing is she kind of was very quiet 
you know, stayed out of the limelight. But when everyone found out she was like physically like athletic, like she had athletic potential, that's when she was really beginning to get bullied. So she finally shows it when her brooch gets taken right off her, her tie. She grabs that arm and she's like, give it back now. And they're like, we're going to show you. And then things proceed to get worse all the way to the point where the brooch is damaged and then put into a soiled toilet. Yeah. Where Renee does not hesitate to reach in and grab it because that brooch means everything to her. And then she gets the shit kicked out of her. And then her family calls her cell phone because apparently her grandpa's dying and they break the cell phone too. And after she's getting called over the overhead, they kick her, knock her out, and she wakes up too late and she missed her grandpa dying. Mm-hmm. And she came and back, got that shit in blood. That's when she decided. She was like, I ain't gonna be weak again. Not today, not never. I'm going to show them. Kai, how did, how did she show them? She showed up. She didn't even really say hello or anything. She was just like, yo, what it is? And they're like, haha, you came back, you stupid. And then she automatically, like, broke homegirl's arm, like, broke, broke it. Like, stepped in her leg inward, like, rammed the other one's face into, like, the freaking lockers. It was a whole thing. On site. As it should have been. Like, no remorse for these house. But... That's not condonable behavior because it scared the rest of the student body and they settled out of court. But because they settled out of court, that wasn't enough quote unquote justice for the families of the lying bullies. So I don't know. Renee just got kidnapped by the the brothers of the girls who were harmed, the, the bullies, and they decided that they were going to show her what what for. So, yeah, they ran up on Homegirl, like, and kidnapped her, and then brought her to, like, a warehouse. And, like, I believe they had a knife. No, it was an arcade. Oh, yeah, It arcade. was a fucking arcade. It's <laughs> like, it was, like, the worst move, bro. Like, what are you doing? So, um, and then they were, like, I think they had a knife or something. Yeah. Uh, we're just trying to like go at her and then she was trying to defend herself but she was getting overpowered and then we meet Jill Sola um who was just kind of there who's, who who's yeah who saw her get kidnapped then hoofed it after the car and just so happened to be a former martial artist mhm so she puts the work to these kidnappers like and we don't know what happened to them, but hopefully, you know, they got they got waxed. Like, hard. But probably not. They probably just got the heck beat out of them and then probably were like, oh, we're going to throw our daddy's money at your face. Or, yeah. But yeah, it's that moment where Renee is like, yo, I don't want to be weak ever again. I don't ever want to feel this pain. So I'm going to be the strongest and I'm going to be the most toxic person I can possibly be. And then Jill's like, Bet. Ver- verbatim, <laughs> verbatim. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, she's like, I don't want to I want to be trained in a way that I can never be weak again. Yeah. So that's which is problematic. Yes, very much so problematic. To the point where it sets things in motion to her and just always 
beating the hell out of everybody excessively. Well, finishing it quickly. She's so overtrained that no one can compete until they begin to. Until our team with the gym, uh, with Team Nakajima, we have the only person who's ever beaten uh, Rene, and she does it twice. And it's at this point, Rene's like, oh my god, I've been beaten twice. What's all this time been wasted for if I can't be the strongest? And then just gets depressed and decides to quit. This is all after Fuka's gone through this whole journey of finding, yeah, she didn't get adopted. She's out here just trying to find a job to pay for things and getting into fights. And she wound up eventually working and living with the gym and then training. And she can actually fight. She's got talent. And so between her, her talent as a fighter and her drive to get her friend to not be just such an asshole and like talk to her, we get the real conflict of this season. Yes. Which is her beating the hell out of everybody and still going through all the stuff that she's going through. Yeah. But she loses. She, she's winning. She's winning. She's winning. She loses a second time to the same person. First time was by decision. The second time was all in all was a KO and then she's depressed. And the only thing that gets her to finally go toe to toe with Fuka is a challenge by the champion. Yes. And and it's like, all right, you fight, you fight Fuka right now with the training ground. I'll give you a title shot. And then she fights Fuka and how did you feel about this three-episode fight? <laughs> I was like, bruh, this is taking too long. Like, Was it? I mean, we're talking about Fuka and Rene, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like When it started raining, I was like, yo, like, what? Like, <laughs> what? It was hype, <laughs> but I was like, it was like three episodes of constant hype. Don't get me wrong. Like, the animation snapped at some moments. Like, when we got that close-up shot of her... Like, Fuka, her eyes are all blue. I was like, all right, okay. And then when the rain started pouring, I was like, yo, this is very cinematic. I'm still trying to figure out how the rain poured in the stadium. But, you know, I'm not a scientist. So, whatever. Um, but I, I enjoyed yeah. it. I just felt like three episodes was a little lot to have a one fight in a 12-episode anime. That was a quarter okay. of the anime. Which isn't, I mean, I, it's not necessarily bad. I'm not saying it's bad at all. But I'm just like. And online, I'm like, this fight took up a quarter of the whole runtime. Which, I mean, yeah. I've watched Naruto. I've watched Bleach, so. <laughs> now Which we, I mean, we were, we were building up to it. But yeah, there, we, hadn't, you know, we hadn't seen a fight like this go on for this long. Yeah. It was, you know, every fight took, you know, half an episode at most. If we were just trying to show the whole vibe. Uh, probably the longest fight that happened after the, or like before this, was Rene and uh, the other character whose name I forget. Uh, the one that actually beat her with the KO. It was yeah. probably the other longest fight. Uh, but even that only took up, you know, about an episode, give or take. Um, but, you know, this is really that, that the, the two opposites coming together and fighting it out and duking it out and coming to terms uh, with their feelings on the battlefield. Um, the biggest thing for me 
that I found interesting in this fight, especially at the beginning, right? So we introduced this, and they're going toe-to-toe, and then we were into the first real episode of this fight. And as Fuka's trying to, like, come to grips with Rene's, like, uh, fight style, she's beginning to call back to when she got her ass kicked in the first day on the job. So she gets hired. She's like, all right, you're going to go you're going to go spar with all of the students and all of the students just kick her ass with different maneuvers, different kind of fighting styles. And we get the callback to her experience getting beat up in those sparring matches as she applies those different techniques to kind of mix up uh, Rene. Like Rene can't predict what's going to come next. And this, in my opinion, was probably the coolest way I've ever seen the power of friendship being shown in, in an anime. Because usually it's just fucking, you know, uh, Hiro Mashima coming in with the power of friendship. The guild is the main character just kind of getting mad that they're getting beat up and then, you know, just finding a new source of power. But at least, but this, this had like logical callback to the action, which is something I really appreciated. So like wild wild thing right here and i'm about to like spoil something oh God. for you and a lot of people or whoever's listening don't this. don't make me go go to the other wiki <laughs> so no it's actually about zatch bell so recently i'm oh, like okay. i never finished zatch bell um because it never got finished here in the states that we live in and i was like i really want to and i know it's coming back and there's doing more and there's a whole thing where the anime might come back so i'm like let me just be versed on it but i really love zatch bell so i went and i did some research and i didn't read everything but how zatch became the momoto king he got a spell that allowed him to use every spell of the friendship he encountered along the way and it was dope like it was it was dope. It totally had that type of moment of what you just mentioned with Homegirl using the different moves that she was training. It was like, it was dope. I was like tearing up reading it. I was like, wow, man. Like all the, cause you know, you know how Zatch Bell works. Like there can only be one. So unfortunately all the others had to die. So, um, but yeah, it was, it's wild. Nah, now you got me hyped to try to go read Zashbell. <laughs> I recommend it, bro. It is it is a solid read. Like, and there is so much we didn't see, and it's still it still holds up to like a top tier shonen. Like, it is really really good. Um, and there was no romance, which you might like, but I was like, I feel hoed. Like, I wanted. I mean, this. wasn't wasn't there a female character? Yeah, there was Megumi. Who was like a whole vibe, and like it was teased, but it was never like we never got like that full metal alchemist type thing where at the end we saw them together. Now that it's getting a continuation, I hope we get something with that, but I don't know how the continuation is even gonna work because I haven't looked into it, but I will soon. But yeah, I'm I mean, you know, I guess I'm not mad at that just because it's like the opposite of Mashima. Yeah, where everything's sand fan service and it's like a, a pseudo harem and you know, yeah. I still think Fullmetal Alchemist did it like perfectly, where like the romance was very yes. there, but it was like clearly at the end. And I'm like, but, but uh, yes, like, and they they tied it together, and the reason for the characters caring about each other was shown 
throughout the show, right? There was no time for romance, but there was time to show the characters giving a fuck about each other, yeah. which is how, how that came together so well at the end, right? And I whole ass feel like One Piece is going to do that as well. Like, I don't, don't you... Just don't saying. Don't you King of the Pirates harem me. It won't be like Naruto, where it's like, yeah, this, shit, it's the last chapter. Who we got? Who we got? <laughs> don't, don't, don't disrespect Hinata like that. Oh, I was talking about um, Hinata. I was talking about. <laughs> I was talking about everybody else except Shika or Shikamaru and Tamari. Oh yeah, just trying to everybody else except them. We're like put together, but yeah, yeah. Um, now you got me curious. You know, uh, can committing to the tangent from Vivid Strike. <laughs> um, who do you think is gonna wind up together? Now, of course, we're talking about Luffy, right? Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to wind up together with Luffy? Man. Like, I'm not I'm not 1,900 and what odd episodes in, but, like, I'm, tell me about it. I'm be real with you. A lot of the people are thinking it's going to be Nami. I, I don't want it to be Nami because, like, I like the crew as a family, not as, like, all that. But I could also see it, so I'm like, I, I, I won't rule it out. But Otis pretty much has said that the crew, no one in the crew is going to get together. So I feel like it's got to be Boa Hancock, which is a character you probably haven't met yet. But she's like Empress of the Pirates. And I wholeheartedly love her with my whole heart. I vote the one with the 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 new one from the latest arc. Uh, with the sword and I think the dragon horns. I vote that one. Oh, oh, um, Yamato? Or I vote a fish person. A fish person? That'd be wild. Yeah, hey, some of the mermaids. Oh. Hey. Yeah, hey. man. Uh, um, but back to Vivid Strike. Yeah, yeah, back to Vivid Strike. Like, we never <laughs> Which left. Which, we're, we're basically, we're basically at the end. We have this kind of really in, intense showdown, uh, between our two primary characters, Rene. Uh, kind of working through her whole trauma, just between the the loss of her grandfather, the way she reacted and and mutilated those bullies, the way she was kidnapped and and assaulted, and then the way that she's committed to being strong, even though she doesn't take joy in the process, she hasn't stopped and appreciated it for what it was. In in contrast to when she was. Previously, we see, you know, in a flashback, she's going down the first time. Uh, you know, Rene's like, yeah, I'm, I know I'm an orphan, but shit, you know, food's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Water's great when we get done fucking volunteering. Yeah, life could suck more, right? Um, so this fight's really about both uh, uh, Fuka trying to get through to Rene and Rene working through her own trauma via fisticuffs. And there's a good contrast between them punching each other in the face and them dealing with the problems and working to, through their friendship. Um, and eventually it does get down to where they're just throwing punches for the sake of punches. But that's how you know we're progressing somewhere. We're making progress. And by the end of it, Fuka comes out on top somehow yeah very much somehow which i mean not somehow it's like she was fighting for her friend so of course there's going to be that we can't lose when we're fighting for each other mentality um 
which I respect. And I'm like, yeah, gang. So, yeah, seeing that and seeing her win, I was like, okay, cool. You know, we're here. We're here for it. And, yeah. Uh, I'm glad that Fuka won. And I'm glad that she uh, ended up being able to rekindle the friendship with him. Yes. I, you know, my one thing is... I'm yes, I'm glad Fuka won. I'm glad they got back together. But there was a an incredibly stark change between like cold ice queen Rene and like lovey dovey I'm back to normal Rene. And it's like okay, that's my one real hang up because we're just neglecting all of the the things we have experienced to this point. Like, show me how that has still impacted you. We've changed our mindset. We've changed our focus. But still, you're not just going to go back to the world of sunshine and rainbows. It's got to be, like, a struggle. It's got to be, like, things that take effort. And you see that there can be positive light. There can be sunshine. But it's like, don't just flip a switch and go, well, we've got... I don't know, 15 minutes left of runtime. Let's, I don't know, show this relationship working out like we needed it to. Yeah. I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, the ending was kind of eh for me. Um, because of like the quick changes of everything and personality. But, you know, it's, we made it? Question mark. <laughs> we made it, man. We sure did. And we sealed up all of the loose ends by having a slideshow where we told everyone uh, where we, we said, oh, yeah, by the way, everyone watched us go toe to toe and hash out our trauma in real time. So any loose ends, don't worry about them. We tied them up. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's and that's that, you know, that is the end of. Vivid Strike, we see that Fuka advances to go fight the best in the world, and the fight gets off-screened, so. Well, we don't see the result of the fight. Yeah. We end with the, the you know, the champion and the contender walking into the ring, and then that's just when we end the show. Which, frankly, I want a resolution, but I'm not mad that we don't get one. If we don't get another season of Vivid Strike with this being, I don't know, seven, eight years old, we probably won't. I'm not mad at it. Just because the tournament, the championship wasn't the point of the show. It was the relationship between our two uh, primary characters. Yeah. And that was enough, you know, that was enough to get us in the door, powered up suits, fighting uh, a little bit of gore fighting and all that and you know to where we are yeah to where we are today yeah which leaves us in a fun happy place for next week's spooky boogie pop. which i'm excited for me too i'm excited for boogie pop but it's splitting the difference of gross and weird while not going beyond what is broadcastable Right, yes. so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the, the psychological focus uh, and less the gross focus. But we'll get to that next week all here on your typical Shona protagonist. You can catch us on all your podcasts, talk to Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical Shona protagonist or on Twitter at your TSP. That's U-R-T-S-P. Kai, 
How can we get you? You can find me at Static Dreads with the Z, where all the cool stuff happens. Excellent. And of course, check out the other product at Concept Breaker on all your podcatchers, uh, as well as Twitter, Instagram as well, Content Breaker. We'll catch you next week for more Your Typical Shonen Protagonist. <laughs>